Welcome to the Ambitious Introvert Podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hi, hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast. I am your host, Emma Louise, and in today's interview, I am chatting to the lovely Liz Raw. Now, Liz and I were connected through Catherine Wood, who you've probably heard Kat. She was a guest on the podcast about a year ago. She was Liz's coach, and she thought that we would have a lot in common and that Liz would be a great guest for the show. So we connected, and guess what? We had a lot in common. And Liz is a great guest for the show. So one of the things that Liz has really adopted in her own businesses, because she's now started two, is being really permission given to herself. And this is a really important, really important conversation. So she is a multi-passionate and rather than closing parts of herself down, Liz has really embraced things that she's excellent at and run with them to create not one, but two highly successful businesses that she is passionate about and she absolutely loves being in. So in the online space, it can be so easy to see people talking about results and talking about the outcomes, but behind the scenes, we never really know how do people feel? Are they actually enjoying their business day to day? Do they feel fulfilled by it? Is it lighting them up? Are they actually passionate? And these are questions that you know, we don't often ask ourselves about other people because it's so easy to get into the comparison trap based on how much they've earned or how many followers they've got. So I really appreciate Liz as a fellow highly sensitive empath sharing about how she has managed to really focus on the things that are important. And that's why she has been able to grow two businesses because of that piece. So I really hope you enjoy listening to this Go and check Liz out. She is amazing. I really loved this conversation with her. And if you are a multi-passionate yourself, I hope that you find this super permission giving. So Liz, I'm so thrilled to have you here today. We were just saying before we hit record, we feel like this has been a long time coming because we were connected so long ago, right? Totally, totally. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat to you. And your journey in particular, I know is going to really resonate with a lot of my audience because Mm. there is this stigma around being multi-passionate or feeling like you, you know, have to choose one thing and only do that, which can feel really constrictive. And, you know, there is a whole discussion about, obviously, we don't want to push our energy in too many directions and fragment it so we don't get anything done. But I really love the way you have built and evolved your businesses and your brand. So I'm super excited to to dive into that. But let's go back to the start. Could you tell us a little bit of how you entered entrepreneurship in the first place? Sure. So in 2019, so my my first career was in nursing and becoming a nurse practitioner. And so I became a nurse practitioner back in 2015 after being a nurse for several years before that. And 
one of the challenges that I saw of being becoming a nurse practitioner was that was not unique to me at all. It was like this huge drastic shift from grad school into the real world. And so what I realized after I got burnt, almost entirely burnt out from the profession after three and a half years in practice was like, okay, I need to do something else. Like I love clinical practice, but I want to do something else. I would love to teach. Maybe I could do like a business. Like, I don't know what that would look like, but I went into the traditional kind of academic applying for jobs situation. And then after that, it was like, why don't I just like, why don't I just teach myself? Why don't I just like teach online? Cause I'd been following some online business people and I was like, what if I just do this and we'll just see what happens, right? And my, I went into it being like, okay, fingers crossed. Can I just make back the investment that I put into it? So I did a business training course. I did a copywriting course. I did a couple of different like legal fees I needed to get involved. But basically I made a company for nurse practitioner transitioning into primary care. It's called Real World NP and hence like the real world transition. And I did YouTube channel started with that. I have a podcast now, but, and I did a course. I just did one course and I was like, I'll just do some mentorship and I'll just try to make back $7,000 of what I invested. And then it just really took off from there. But yeah, the the entry into it was like, I really did. I really was just like, okay, what do I actually want to do? What am I best at? And what do I actually like, like, right? And so I was like, do I want to teach patients? Do I want to teach providers? No, I really like doing shop talk. Like that's quote unquote shop talk. That's like my favorite thing to do in clinical practice, aside from taking care of patients, is like talking about patient cases with other providers. And I love to teach. I love to mentor. So, so yeah, it all just kind of fell into place. And I realized also like in my clinical practice, like working for somebody else in that space, like I really had a cap on my freedom and my income. And I had a daughter at the time. I have, I still have my daughter, but I was a new mom at the time, newish mom. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is really hard. She gets sick all the time and I have to like go back and forth to daycare. And I was like, this might be a little bit more free. So that would be great if it works out. If it doesn't, I'll do the stay-at-home mom route. We'll talk, talk to my partner at the time. You know, I'm still with my husband, but I was like, I'll talk to my partner. We'll figure this out. But yeah, that's that's how I kind of got into it. I love the... Kind of feels really playful when you discuss it. I mean, it probably maybe didn't feel like that so much at the time, but this like, I'm just going to take these courses and I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to see like, and if I can make this money back, great, because I'm just going to almost like follow the passion. And I know that's a really cliched thing, but more and more when I talk to people now, when people have done that, rather than try to be logical and gone, what's the thing that makes sense? What's Mm -hmm. the profitable Mm -hmm thing to do actually when people go i don't know how i'm going to monetize this but this is what i enjoy Mm -hmm. and this is what i care about over and over those the businesses i see that like you say whoa it just blew up yeah and i think it really was about i mean i i did a lot of thinking before before i was like it was it was definitely playful but it was also like i did a lot of thinking about it too like and very strategic moves but like but yeah, I mean, it was like the the piece I think that's so core is the like, do I love this? And is there a market need for it? And like, I had a very specific niche as well. And so it was like the combination of all of those things, I think were really the the keys there and the consistency of just like, and if you want to talk about that, we can, but just like, I had a plan of like my marketing plan and my products, right? And it was like, but yeah, I mean, I think it was just like, I felt so strongly about like, this needs to exist somebody please make this. Does this exist? Okay. It doesn't exist. I'm going to, I'm going to gamble. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then it worked out really well. I always want to talk about consistency because I adore consistency. (laughs) However, you just said something else that my brain was like, 
ooh, that's going to be more interesting. Totally. I actually would love to talk about, in those early days, your marketing plan, because a lot of people that serve an audience that are not entrepreneurs, let's say, are like, I don't know how to reach my people. I don't know where they are. You know, it's very obvious if you are working in the online business space. You can look at someone's Instagram account and you can see that they're in that space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like a nurse or, yes. you know, a number of my clients are career coaches and they're like, I can't tell who is an ideal client. So I'd love yes. to hear how you approach that from a marketing point of view. Oh my God. Yeah. I love ideal client. I could talk about that literally all day. That's like one of my favorite topics. So stop me if I go too long. But but yeah, so the, one of the things that I've noticed, and this ties into the the second company that I have now, but it's like, uh, I think there's a, there's, it's so much easier when you have a company and you are you are the version of the ideal client avatar, ICA, Muse, like whatever that word is that you use to describe it. But it's like, it's so much easier if it's you, right? And so for me, it's like, it was just for a former version of myself that I was making this company. And so I had so much internal access to like what I was worried about and where I hung out and what are all of those pieces, right? And so, and then the other piece that I noticed is that like, for example, one of my friends is, is a voice coach and she's an expert in that field. But she's not serving other voice coaches. So she's serving people who are, you know, executive leadership, all that stuff. And so there's kind of like, I've noticed there's that that kind of difference. But the main thing is like, regardless of if it's you or if it's a different ideal client than you are, like a different person than you are, like you kind of just think about like, where do they hang out, right? Like, what are they, like, where do they spend their time? Where are they getting their information from? What are they Googling online? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, for example, for nurses, nurse practitioners, I was like, okay, I was a nurse. I, I myself was that person. And so I was like, okay, there's online forums and Facebook groups. They don't really, they're not as popular anymore. But a couple of years ago, there were like 30,000 member Facebook groups that were talking about nurse practitioner guidance or whatever. Right. And so it was like, okay, I went there. People are Googling things. Like I, I kind of like did that internal work, but also market research calls, right? It doesn't have to come from inside of you. Like you can do those market research calls. Like where do you find your information? What kinds of things are you Googling? And then it's like, okay, well, where does that lead them to, right? And so people go to, you know, what are the big names in this in this industry, right? And so they're going to Margaret Fitzgerald's website, for example, as a as a main big name in nurse practitioner education, or they're googling these search terms, and you Google those search terms, and then you kind of go down that rabbit hole of like, where are they hanging out and what are they doing? And so, for example, with my friend who's a voice coach, she spends a lot of time on LinkedIn, and so it's like, okay, where are, where are executives on LinkedIn? Like, what hashtags are they following? where like what conferences are they going to stuff like that so so yeah I think it's really about just understanding your person and like what their habits are and like just kind of getting in those spaces and serving them in the way that they need to be served to build that bridge into like how you can best help them which is like your product or service but I I could tell all day I'm obsessed I could tell (laughs) I love it I could tell how passionate you are I was like this is great So thank you for sharing that. But, you know, I'm not going to let consistency go because, you know, here we are. So as you said, you were, you know, in this role, you had a young child. There's a lot going on. So at the start of your business in particular, when I think most of us find consistency the hardest piece, what, what did you put in place? Like, how did you work around that? Totally. So I did a program called B School by Marie Forleo. I, there's been some issues to light recently with Murray Forlow. So I don't know if I would necessarily endorse her program going forward. But anyway, I did that program and whatever program you do, I basically was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And also I become, I'm coming from the perspective of a clinician and it's like, there are algorithms, there's rules, there's very clear evidence. There's like, here's what to do and here's what not to do. 
And so I think I went into it in a similar perspective. I did this online business training program and it was like, okay, here's your marketing plan. Like part of this is like instructions aside from identifying your ICA is like coming up with your marketing plan. And it's like, there, here's the general guidelines of you pick some sort of venue. There's email list marketing, right? So here's how this works. And then what venue do you want to use aside from that, right? Do you want to use YouTube? Do you want to use a podcast? Do you want to use Instagram? Like whatever the thing is, but like, here's the core of email list marketing and here's how this works. Here's an opt-in and then you you pick a cadence and then you stick to it. Is it monthly, bi-weekly or weekly? It really, again, depends on your ideal customer. What are they looking for, right? And my ideal customer, like I just picked weekly, maybe whatever. It, it's a lot to do weekly with YouTube videos, but that's what I chose. But yeah, but I think that I went into it being like, this is what is required. Like, this is how business works. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that. So it was actually like never even a question for me. And I think I forget to think, like talk about that with people when I'm helping them with their messaging and their marketing. It's like, I don't think that every, like, I forget that that's not on everybody's front of their brain, but it's like, no, 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 that's like a requisite. Like, that's not a choice. Like, obviously there are choices, right? We get to make choices. But like, that is a requisite part of online business is that you have a weekly marketing, whatever, what, cadence of marketing plan and you stick to it. And even when it's hard, like, I, it was ridiculous. I mean, I think about it now, but when I first started the company, I would shoot the video and I would edit it myself. And it's, and they're clinical topics. Like, it's not like off the cuff. Like I just, blah, 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 I talk about stuff. It's like, no, I'm going to fact check myself, make sure I'm like giving accurate information for people who are taking care of real patients in their real lives, right? And so it was kind of like, oh. So I spent, I spent like hours and hours and hours and it would be like midnight and I'd be like done. And I'd be like, okay, it's done, right? But so it was like, I mean, that was like a whole mindset thing. I think that I worked through to not do those types of crazy workaholic behaviors now. But in the beginning, I did a lot of grinding and it was like, I did it every week. I did it every week for like a year, at least. I took like no breaks. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, it was just, that was just the rule. And I and I, now that I have more experience, I'm like, oh, I guess to make more choices. I can do biweekly if I want to. I can do monthly if I want to, right? But I think that consistency all made a huge difference for me because people like understand what you're about and then they know that you're not going to go away. You're not some like fluke, right? Especially if like a newer company and my my ideal clients have a lot of trust issues. Like they're really like sketched out of like, who is, what is this website? Like, who is this person, right? Like, are they trying to scam me? Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of like, who do I get my medical information from? Because I'm taking care of real patients' lives and it's my license, you know? So I had to build up a lot of trust and I think that really helped. I love what you said there because I recently, did I retire my newsletter? No, I didn't retire it, but I changed the cadence. Mm-hmm. So I saw that email. I think I responded to that email. Replied actually, you did. I did. But there is so much nuance with these things, and I had sent almost three years of this weekly email. I'd sent 142 of them when I looked back to see. So, like you say, when you establish a base, when you establish trust, then you have options when you get further along. And I said, right, well. I'm going to do it monthly. It's going to be longer. It's going to be more in depth. It's still going to serve people really well. But I think people can sometimes in the early days be like, oh, it doesn't matter if I miss a week or, oh, I'll just do this. And it's actually when you're trying to create that foundation, I think that consistency piece is just huge. It really helps. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, and I think about, I'm trying to, all the mindset work and all the work I continue to do with like honoring my own humanity, like I don't I don't know if I would make the same choices of like that grind level right now. Like with my with my so my my second company, I've I've yeah, 
I, I'm, I'm, I haven't committed to a cadence yet because I'm like, I want to stick to the cadence. So I like haven't really like totally started my marketing plan. It's kind of just like a website that's there because I want like a plan. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, I would never recommend people to like work themselves into the ground the way that I did. But yeah, it, whatever consistency, whatever is like an aligned version of consistency, if it's a quick email, that's enough. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe you don't do the video every single week or something, but yeah, whatever, whatever you can reasonably commit yourself to, like amazing. Totally. I look forward say- to it. And then they have a habit, you know, it's like Tuesday. It's like, where's my email? <laughs> I missed one episode of the podcast. We had a snafu when I was changing over between editors and it didn't go out one week. And I went, oh no. And it was in the early days, it was maybe not even a year old. And I went, oh, no one will notice. And four people emailed me to be like, what is your podcast? Funny, it reminds me of a recent situation. So like I've been, I've been trying to scale back and I'm, I'm dabbling in a little bit of a burnout. So I'm trying to figure out like how to have a more easeful situation going on and one of my team members was like why don't we like repurpose some emails that you wrote and I was like okay we'll take them from the archives from like three years ago and I have like a real fan base and they wrote like several people wrote to me like was this glitch I remember this <laughs> it's so funny but like when you when you like when you have when you have a very clear like here's what I'm here for and I show up consistently doing it people are like they're watching they're noticing they're fans you know it's pretty cool it shows the depth of their interest and it shows mm-hmm. that it shows mm-hmm. that they are paying They're attention. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I've never actually clarified this and I don't want to make an assumption. But mm-hmm. do you consider yourself to be introverted and highly sensitive? Oh, yes. 100%. Yes. Yeah. I presume so, <laughs> given our conversations, but I, did, I just didn't want to throw that out there. And you're like, no. So how how do you balance that? Because a lot of especially highly sensitives, when we get to the point of being tired mm. or overstimulated, mm. it's very easy to say, well, I'm just not going to do my marketing that's that like this week. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing to yep. drop off, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's interesting. So I've been in business, it's almost four years now. And I, I you know, Kat Wood, I did coaching with her for a number of years. And I think coaching really, really helped me to like be more self-honoring. I think that when I first started I like seriously, like, so I don't, do you know Sacred Money Archetypes by any chance? Are you familiar yes, with that? Meet I Duffield do. Thomas. Oh yes, my God, a friend I'm of obsessed. mine worked with a coach and and did the whole thing and shared some of the information. Oh, I love it. Do you know what yours are? Your top three by any chance? I can't remember them, but I am, I'm going to look them up now that you've said oh that. Oh my God, so you should got, send them I've got to them me. in a notebook. I'll send them to you. <laughs> so my top three are all tied. So one is Ruler, which is basically an empire builder who is a workaholic and never stops. So like, that's like, that's like very, very very strong for me. And so, and then I also have Alchemist and Accumulator, which I'll, we'll, we'll chat. I'll just send me what yours are. Um, I have Alchemist and Accumulator. Now you said yes, they're, I, they're a beautiful match together. I definitely yeah. have those two. So I'll have to look at the third one. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Yeah. But mine are tied three at the top because it's really like, you know, your first one, but then your top three are kind of like the, the combination. But, but yeah, so I have that ruler is very, very strong. And I just, I just, yeah. I just really love what I do. And so I think that sometimes that overrides the sensitivity. And actually, Kat and I were talking about the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. And there was some part of the book and it was like being too out or something, like being more out than you're comfortable with in terms of like the extroversion or the like exposure to, to stuff. And I think that I just tolerated that way of being for so long that I didn't really give myself the permission of like, no, it's actually okay for you to like pull back. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to be in the same world as the non-HSPs. And, and so I think I just didn't give myself that permission. But but I think the first thing in my journey earlier on was I am such an empath 
that it was really, really hard for me to do customer service because I care so deeply about the people that I serve. And so it was just too much. And so I think that Kat really helped me to hire my first person with my VA, my first VA of like, that was the thing that protected my energy the most. Because in a way, I can kind of trick myself when I do videos. It's like, it's really just one video for one person. And I just have this ideal customer in my mind. It's like based on a real person. And so I'm like, I'm just making these for Ashley. I'm just going to make this for Ashley. I don't think about anybody else. I'm just writing an email to her, right? So it's like, that's a protector for me. And then if I have that, you know, person in the inbox, that's really helpful. And like every once in a while, I'm seeing like kind of what's going on with the conversation so that I can like stay connected to the people. But like, I just really need that protection. But yeah, in terms of the the other piece is like the workings of the business internally. Like as we've grown, there's so much more workload on my plate. And so it's less about the extroversion empath burnout. It's more about the workload burnout. So so yeah, so I think for me, I've just really made marketing a non-negotiable. And we do so much marketing in the business. And I have a really passive income-based business at this point. Like my client work is, is I don't do client work anymore. My, my, empl- my employee does, has her own clients. And, and then I have the courses. And so really it's, it's a hugely gives me marketing based company. So so yeah, so I don't I don't drop it. And then the other thing is I really do batching at this point. I try my best. The videos make it harder because I spend so much time on making each video and podcast episode. It's the same thing. I just take the audio from the videos to make it on the podcast. But I spend so much time on that that that's hard to batch. But when it comes to emails, like today I'm going to be writing probably like I'm going to hope for 10 emails, right? Because I'm just trying to get the co- the summer covered. We're going to take a break on the podcast and the YouTube channel. And we've already kind of made a plan and I have my team that kind of supports me with with a whole bunch of stuff. We have like a whole system going. So I just go in because I know the ICAs. I know how to write to them. I'm comfortable with that. My copywriting, I'm comfortable with. I'm not an expert, but like I'm comfortable with it. And so I can just go like write it all down and then they schedule it and it's taken care of. So, um, but yeah, I think the fact that it is a non-negotiable and the other pieces, like the main things that I can put on hold now are internal workings of the company of how to optimize and improve it and how to add and grow more services and products. So for but for the most part, and I also have it, I have a I have three three people on my team that can help me with managing customer service, supporting the clients in the in the products, the passive income products and as well as the service stuff. And then I have another person who helps me with like the operational type of stuff. So yeah. But yeah, it's hard. You said something that was really beautiful then. And I think I do just want to touch on this before I talk about your second business. And you use the word self-honoring. And I think so often when people are designing something like marketing strategy, mm-hmm. they focus on the the consistency being important because of the algorithm or because mm-hmm. you need to be in front of people or you need 27 touch points, and, which are all, are all valid points. But for me, when because I, I struggled so badly with consistency for the first 18 months and mm-hmm. the biggest benefit of me getting consistent was being able to trust myself. Yeah. And being able to do it that? on my own terms, right? And then yeah. know that I could do it. Once I had, you know, consistently sent a newsletter out for six weeks, I was like, oh, I'm not flake. I can do this. Oh, oh I love that. Oh my God, I bet you're an alchemist. Because alchemist, that's like one of the main challenges. Like I'm flaky, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm not good at follow through. Like that, at least oh, for me. Oh, I feel like I probably am. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's hard. No, consistency. And also I love Clifton Strengths, Gallup Strengths. Are you familiar with that assessment? Yes, yeah. Well, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with all the personality things. But so consistency out of the 34 strengths, it's like the highest for context that people don't know. Like the highest ones are the ones that give you energy and that you're the best at. Like you're just naturally like, I just love doing this. Visioning is my number one. And I just like, I could do that all the day long. 
And my bottom one, one of my bottom ones is consistency. Like I hate it. Like I really want to stress that I hate it. And I feel like a flake and I also have ADHD. And so like it is not always easy, but I think that's like why it's like the non-negotiable piece of like I'm doing it. Like I think that's the thing. And then and then I think there's like a momentum that gets built too of like and and I think sometimes, you know, what's interesting. So since I started another company, my first company started um, and I shared what I was doing with people in this like really big, multiple really big Facebook groups. And I was like, hey, like I have this resource and I'm going to be doing this thing. If you're interested, like here's like the uh, here's like the my opt in, which is called the Ultimate Resource Guide for the new NP. And I was like, hey, like if you want to check this out, like in a very like detached, like whatever way. And I think I got 500 people on my email list like the first day. Right. And so it was kind of like it started really intensely and then it kind of really grew very quickly. And now that I'm starting another company, it's like it's not the same experience. It's a very different experience. Like I think I have seven people, (laughs) maybe 10. And I think they're all my friends. So it's like, but I also like I haven't marketed or anything, but it's just a different, it's a different thing. And so I think it's like what I'm noticing too, which I love because I think it helps me help other people too, is just like no one, no one's noticing, like no one's paying attention or whatever, but it's like, it's, it's just like it, even if you don't feel like anyone's listening, they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, so so it's, I don't know, it's just such a bizarre experience in terms of the consistency. It's like, if you just make that a muscle and a non-negotiable and you detach from needing it to be to like a million people, then it's like, it, yeah, I think it's just, it's it's such a, it's such an inner working in and of itself to commit to that and have done it. But yeah, it's, yeah, consistency is so important. It's so important. I know, I know big, big tick from both of us here for <laughs> <laughs> even when it feels hard which, mm-hmm. which it can but totally with you mm-hmm. so super interesting and let's talk about your new business because like you say two completely different experiences mm. at the starts of two businesses so first of all totally. what made you start a second business I know it's a big passion totally. project for yeah. you but what was totally. the moment that you went do you know what I need to do something else as well you know what's funny is like it's so hard for me to know. So my career so far, so I've always been interested in health and healthcare, and like even since I was a little kid, I was like, oh, I'll be a doctor. I didn't know what a nurse practitioner was, and then I went through that whole thing. But I've just every career move, I've had different iterations, and so part of me is like, and this is a lot of the mindset work I've done is like, is there something wrong with me? Because there are some people that just like commit to a job and they do it forever, right? And and now I've like worked through that. It's like I am an alchemist. Like I have lots of new ideas. I have like I have lots of energy. I have ADHD, right? Like I'm. I'm I'm trying to embrace that it's a thing. And so what happened is that I was, I, I think I'm just a mentor teacher at heart. And so as I was doing masterminds and stuff and I was doing group programs and all this stuff and I'd meet people and they'd be like talking and sharing in these group places about what their struggle was about X, Y, or Z. And I'd be like, oh, and I'd like be like mentoring them kind of like unofficially because it would be like, we'd be talk like, especially again, like ICA messaging marketing is just like my favorite thing ever. And a lot of people don't love that, right? And so they'd be talking about those struggles and I'd be like, oh, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's easy, but that's easy for me. And so I'd be like jumping in to like, with consent, of course, like we would work through it. And I was like, what if I could just do this? What if I could just do this like for a job? Like what, you know, and that's again, more of the mindset work of like, like it has to be hard to make money. Like, I think I've been really like, that's my thing I'm always going to work through. And it's like, no, like, I no, I couldn't do something that's that fun and get paid for it. Like, that's ridiculous. And so it took me like a year of like doing this with people and getting so, I don't want to, sorry, I'm not going to swear. I get really amped up when I talk about this. No, you can swear. We've got an E on the podcast. People are, people are expecting. 
Well, I just get so fucking amped about it, right? Like, look at me right now. I just like, can't even help myself. And so it's like, if I could just do this and have this much energy and help people and get that, ex- you know, and get and have a living off of it, that'd be amazing. And so I just like, I, da- I dabbled in it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it, especially because I was feeling really frustrated with some stuff in my first company. And, and I'm trying to just give myself grace to let myself evolve because I think that as much as I've loved being a nurse practitioner, being a teacher and an educator in that space, I don't think it's in my heart anymore. It's not at the front of my heart. And I think that it's because all of the work that I've done over the last couple of years, I just keep peeling back onion layers of like what's actually true for me. And now that I see that, I'm like, and, and I'm also accepting, you know, maybe that's not the thing forever, Liz. Like maybe that's just not, you're just not a forever person. But I just like, I really love doing that. And like, I just want to try it out, you know, and it's not, and I don't have that pressure of it has to be my income. So that's really nice. Again, like maybe a similar thing to my first company of like, luckily at the time I had savings and I had a partner that I could rely on for income, for our mutual income. But at this point I have myself, my own business to rely on. And I can do that because I've really scaled back in the first company, trying to be more and more and more efficient with our time so that I have so much more spaciousness. I'm not grinding all the time to make that company work. It's like, I have a couple of hours, you know, right now we're doing a really scale back plan where it's only a couple of hours a week. And then we'll see after I kind of like feel more recovered. But I think that's the other part of it is I was feeling a little bit of that burnout thing. I'm like, what is that? What is that about? Like, why am I feeling like, ugh? And so it was like, what is, I also have generator too, which I feel like you talked, we talked about as well. Are you a manifesting generator? No, I'm a, I'm an emotional generator. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm also a generator. And, and that's one of our things is like responding to stuff that lights us up. And when we're lit up, then that's the magic, right? And I think that's the magic of my first company is like, I just get so amped. And I think it's the magic of the second company too. It's like, clearly I get so amped talking about it. So it's like, I'm just, I was trying to like, just lean into that as an experiment. And so, so yeah, so we'll see, we'll see if it turns into anything, but I've, I've been working with a couple of clients and I love it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Completely random side question. Yeah. Do you know what your life path number is in numerology? I don't, but I'm very excited. So I've learner as one of my top things. So I am obsessed to learn about that. I don't know enough about numerology yet, but I so love I had, that. I had a numerology reading oh, back in 2019 and they're all different numbers and some of them are based on your name and some of them are based on your, your birth date and you have a cool. life path number and I'm a five mm-hmm. and it's like exploration and adventure and it literally says like, you're not the person to do a job for life. You totally. can do something and then you totally. learn and you gain experience and you move on and you try something else. And that really resonated with me. And definitely when I was younger, I would do like random things and try all these different things. And then I was in this job for 17 years and wondering, mm-hmm. why do I feel super stagnant? Totally, totally, totally. And my husband's had a really hard time with that. He doesn't anymore because he knows me. We've been together for like 13 years or something. But but yeah, and I think it's like a cultural, like a dominant cultural thing of like, this is like, this is how it is. And like, that's not acceptable, right? To like, jump around and like, do what you want. But but I I I would put money down that that's probably true for me too. <laughs> As you were saying it, I was like, mm, sounds kind of familiar. And that's the other thing is like, so basically like, I'm trying, what I'm trying to do, I think with the second company is like, is design, it's just like, it's, it's, and, and again, it's like a lot of the mindset work that I've done. It's like, can I design a business that utilizes my strengths like super high. I, I'm not making products and services that I'm wrapping myself around either my team members or my ideal clients. Like, can I find the ideal client that matches with the way I want to deliver things, the product that I want to deliver, right? Like I am not a one-on-one client person forever. Like I'm a VIP, VIP day or like one-off call. Like, do you need some inspiration for your blah, 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 blah. I'm like an idea generator. So like book a call. That's like my favorite thing ever, right? Like shop talk for for a bit, right? 
And so, and then the other thing is that when I work with other people's businesses, it's wonderful because I don't need to commit to their business. <laughs> I just like have all the business options, right? And it kind of feeds that, again, that alchemist ADHD thing of like the novelty and like I really help people with their thing, but I'm not attached to it forever. It's like we're focused and then I'm entirely focused in on their business and then they go and then they do their thing. And it's like, okay, who else is next? All right. And like, I'm, so that's, that's it. it's an experiment. I'm just trying to see if I can make that happen because I mean, that's, I feel like that would be amazing, right? That would be the dream. And it's so true. I'm, I mean, I am a, I'm supporting you and your business for a long term type mm-hmm. of, type of yeah. coach. I generally work with people for multiple, yeah. multiple contracts. And I, and I love that and I love that depth, but I had a client and she hated that idea and actually looking into mm-hmm. her human design, I think it actually said in, you know, the kind of readout of her chart said something like, you are the type of person you get in, you get it done and you get out. Yep. And she created like uh-huh. a six week program or something to, support and she loved that the idea of doing yeah. six months would have made her want to poke her mm-hmm. eyes out yeah I tried it I mean I tried when I first started working with mentees not that I didn't love them I did it just like it was not a good fit for me whereas like I just felt like the life was being sucked out of me which like sounds very dramatic but like as an HSP honestly like I feel things in a big way and <laughs> so it's like I love you so much and I can't do this anymore and so and people wanted that one-on-one mentorship for like longer periods of time and so it's like Brianna is my team member and she you know, she, she loves that. That is her, that is her thing. And I'm like, awesome. Like, I love that. Like, but yeah, passive income for me, VIP days, one-off calls, like it's just my energy is like the best fit. So I think that's just been the journey that I've been on so far with business is like, how can I make this business? Or again, like maybe, maybe the business that I, the first business I have is not conducive to the true model that I want. And I'm still navigating that right now. Like what is the next iteration for that business and my role in it? And so but yeah, it's like, can I just keep going and peeling back those onion layers of like who I am, what I need and allowing that to be like, yeah, just allowing that to be the norm of like, I'm excited to go to work every day. Not that I'm not excited for my other business, but it's it's the ratio is not enough there. So that's what I'm still tweaking. I love that. And thank you for being so permission given to people that we don't always get it right, you know, off the bat. It's not like the first iteration is perfect and it does always evolve and change. and. What yeah. you could absolutely adore doing in your business six months to a year's time, you might be like, no. Totally. totally. And I think it's just a self-knowledge thing. I think that's why I'm so obsessed with all of those self-assessments like human design and and clips and strength. It's just like it's it's not that it's like you're 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 destined to be like Kat and I talk about this and she's like, I don't love them because people think they have to be one way. And I was sharing with her. I'm like, you know what? It's not that for me. It's like it's just articulating the thing that's already true. That's like hard for me to see. And hard maybe for other people to see. I'm like, no, 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 that's normal. That's okay. Especially because there's all these like, again, dominant culture things of like, you have to be X, Y, and Z way. And it's like, no, this is who I am. This is what I need. And like, and the more we can just like give acceptance and embrace that and really cherish it, it's like, that's, that's the way to go. I love it. I love it too. I could not agree more. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for being so open and honest and sharing about your journey. Obviously, I'm going to pop all of your links in the show notes. So anyone that wants to connect with Liz, you can find the details there. But before I let you go, I'm going to ask you my final two questions. The first being, which book would you recommend to any of my ambitious introverts who are in the process of growing their business? I'd have to say, it's so funny. It came right to me. As soon as you said book, I was like, boom. So it's called Worthy by Nancy Levin. There's a a sub thing. It's Worthy 
increase your self-worth to grow your net worth. I'm pretty sure is the subline of it. I don't know if anyone else has, has recommended that one, but especially <laughs> recommended it. Oh, oh shoot. I was like, I've been can't get it. Oh man. Hold on. Hold I on. thought as you said it, I was like, I've heard that title before. Okay. I'm going to pick another one. Shoot. So the other one that I super love in terms of a book is Chillpreneur. It's called Chill and Prosper Now is a new name by Denise Stoffield Thomas. It's another money mindset work. Honestly, like it's not the only thing in business, but it's been because like there's nuts and bolts of business, but then the rest of it, honestly, I keep saying mindset because it totally is. It's such a mental game, especially for HSP empaths. Like I just feel like we just need a lot of, I don't know, for me personally, but I've noticed this with other people too. We just feel like we need a lot of permission. And these are such permission giving books. Like Denise Stuffield Thomas is such a role model for me because she is ADHD ruler and she's a mom of three kids and she's a very chill life. Like it's and not a crazy. And she's an introvert. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's, I love, yeah. So those two books I would definitely recommend. Perfect. I'll pop both of those. Venus Cat Stole Your Thunder and she got she got there ahead of me. Like, she told me to read it. So I should get <laughs> yeah, it. I, I thought that might have happened. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. I mean, if it's recommended twice, it's got to be good. So it is good. So Especially for HSBM pets, yeah. And actually, your answer kind of led us into the final question, which is, could you share with us what is the biggest mindset switch that you had to make or the biggest, you know, new belief that you had to adopt to get to the level that you're at today? Mm. Oh, man, I feel like I think I think it's been a combination. I'm going to take two again is first was the money mindset work of working like you don't like you don't have to work hard to make money, like working hard to make money are not synonymous. And I still keep learning that it's not resolved, but it's just it's just ever present and a evolved it's working on but honestly self-love and acceptance and I remember I started working with Kat and that was like her main thing I'm obsessed with Kat but clearly but we started working together and I was like like, I kind of did like an eye roll thing of like whatever but it's just like that is really the bottom line like it even if it's not at the forefront of like I'm working on self-love and acceptance today um that's been like the through line of it all at the really like bottom line of it so yeah Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open. And thank you for spending time with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So much fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast with me, Emma Louise Parks. If you enjoy this show, please, please subscribe, rate and leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.